0: This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. I'm your host, Blake Chastain. Today I'm sharing a conversation that I had with Kevin Garcia recently, and this was a conversation where we were really just exploring a few questions that I've had in mind about what the future of spiritual community might be, the types of things that all of us who leave institutions or groups like white evangelicalism are sort of searching for in our own way. And if you've listened to the show, you know that Kevin and I have been friends for years, and he's been on the show several times. Um, I don't want there to be too much of a prologue here because, honestly, the conversation is really quite chill and laid back, and I even want my introduction to to sort of fit into that. Um, and that's why you aren't even actually hearing, like, my general intro music or anything like that. Uh, and just to let you know... This is an, another sort of experimentation beyond just having a, a, a very laid back conversation. Um, there is some things happening within the, uh, within the edit. I'm using a new editing software and that is, you know, sort of, you may hear some clipping or things like that. Please give me some, any feedback that you might have about that. And, uh, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, of course, Just to mention one quick thing beforehand is that you can support this show via a subscription to the Post-Evangelical Post, my newsletter that's hosted on Substack. You can subscribe for $5 a month or $50 a year. I donate 25% of net proceeds to White Homework and the Religious Exemption Accountability Project. You can learn all about that over at postevangelicalpost.com. And please go check out Kevin's podcast as well as many uh, others over at irreverent.fm. All right. Let's get into it. Kevin. Hello. Hey, babe.
1: I'm so glad to be with you today.
0: Likewise. I'm glad to connect with you in a new year and talk yeah. about some interesting questions. We're Me both, too. I don't know, old hat at some of this Some of this stuff. Isn't it weird, Isn't it weird to be old hat at this stuff? Yes. Yes. But that's the nature of time. And apparently, you
1: learn things. Yeah. Wiser? Question mark.
0: Yeah. We're trying. We're Mm -hmm. all trying. Yeah. Through trying times. In unprecedented times. Yes. I wanted to talk to you today because I think you are doing some very interesting stuff online and off. And really, I think in the sort of vague, spaces that both of us inhabit the type of work that we do a lot of it can be transitional and then at the same time we sort of transition to something else ourselves right and we never stop changing or growing or that sort of thing but we both come from environments where that sort of expectation to grow and change was not there you're expected to grow in a particular way and then if you didn't then that was a bit of a problem i sent you a few questions and i think we should just dive into it yes. because i what i'm curious about talking with you today is the future and what you what's your the future the future of <laughs> of these things that we used to associate with church whether it was community belonging individual fulfillments that's shifting especially post-pandemic and everything oh, else yeah. Um, and I'm just going to start with a sort of a big question, which is, do you have any hopes whatsoever for something resembling like a historical Christian denomination, a church Mm. meeting, meeting the needs of people today? I will say
1: today, I won't say the big C church. I don't think the big C church is going to be the same thing. In 100 years, if I'm looking long term, it just like the trends just like point in that direction. However, I still think that there are going to be individual small churches or mm-hmm. just like smaller communities that are centered around the story of Jesus or the Christian tradition will probably still be doing good works in the world. But like I, th- I really I'm in- the thing that like I think is interesting. is just we're really going to know how this pans out within the next couple election cycles of, and because either it's going to get really, like, really bad, or it's going to get really okay, and we'll just maintain okay for a while. But it's, uh, there's a question, do I have hope that something resembling a church, I think that there is the possibility of something new, and that, this is what I'm interested in, and this is something I'm trying to figure out for myself, is, is there such a thing as a spiritual community that's not a church, and is it viable, is it necessary? I think the thing is, I'm probably getting into another question that you want to ask later, but. I'll just say I don't think it's necessary, but I think it is so helpful and mm. so good, and just what when I talk to people on the phone, like for like possibility, like doing coaching work together. You know the thing; it's not a biggest surprise, but people say I miss community, Oh, and yeah. what I think there's. I'm interested to explore this idea. I'm just like I don't. Community is such an ephemeral word that it has almost lost its meaning. Right. In some ways, because like for most of us, we thought that community was supposed to be something abusive where I had to lose my identity in it. We have no idea what it is to still to be a part of communities that have actually diverse identities and beliefs. And it's hard for us. So I'm one. I'm just people are just so I think what people are hungry for is friendship, actual Mm -hmm. deep, close, vulnerable relationship because here's the deal like i don't have a large community like i did when i had the church i've got friends who i go out with and i see and i'm like a part of a queer scene here in atlanta but the people who i'm closest with there's like a handful of really close people and right. that really makes a fulfilling life for me yeah. and so, now let's
0: yeah. yeah let's continue pulling on that thread because that to me is part of this is that as we people were talking about the decline of community in the eighties and nineties. Bowling Alone was a book and talking about the ways in which people stopped participating in public spaces. There's like always this idea of a third space. You have your home and your work and then a third space. And that used to be either church or mythical public square. But and a lot of those spaces are sort of now they're commercialized. They're malls. They're mm-hmm. stores. They're coffee
1: shops that you have to buy a coffee
0: to go yeah, sit and work out. Exactly. It, there's a there's an economic requirement. It's not paid for by the community's taxes. Uh, and at the same time, when you're thinking about when you're thinking about folks who have left uh, a negative sort of toxic spiritual community. And they initially find folks online who they identify with who've gone through something in the same way, but in a different circumstance. And that's a point of connection, but it doesn't resemble the same type of community you left. And Correct. especially to get to your point, like it's community has become this really weird word because social media companies have co opted mm-hmm. it. Like in, in Instagram comments, don't aren't the same type of community as a church was yeah so.
1: digital community while it is the connection is real i like you and i both know that like we've got real close friends and relationships with people on the internet who we maybe never hung out with or i've only hung out with a handful of times and it's always a fucking and isn't it there is something about the human body that needs touch right there's something about the human body that needs something physical and embodied Mm -hmm. So while online community is a lovely supplement and has really been a lifeline and a life raft for us during the height of the COVID pandemic and Mm -hmm. even into now, I don't know. There's something, at least in me, that craves a a body, that craves to be together. And I think it's also something you mentioned in one one of the questions, and I'm sure you're probably leading it there, but... How oftentimes, like it's the com- it's communities built around shared experience and not necessarily destination. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing. Is like where I end up is different from where you're ending up right now. I'm out here in fully like spiritualist, progressive, communist, trying to be interfaith, and certainly very spiritual, and. That is so different from where you are and what you're doing and what makes you come alive. Mm-hmm. um, And it's also just like, the, I think the reason like we work well together is because at the same time, the destination is still the same, which is we want people to be liberated. We want more people to experience a little bit more peace and freedom in their own mind and in their body by the stories we share and hopefully by some of the content we create. And still, what's interesting too is, so, I saw it on a TikTok, but st- Christian, I can't remember his name, his full name, but he was talking about how, in a deconstruction, when couples are deconstructing, or at least one of them is, and like they realize, oh, the only thing we had in common was church, and now we don't even have that in common. So it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, what do we do? Right. It's like the same thing with a lot of our friends, right? We figure out the only thing we had in common that was church, and now we don't have that in common. So it's who the fuck are you? <laughs> right. Who am
0: I? Yeah, and that's where I feel like so much of even even community as it exists right now even if you're talking about extremely online stuff so much of it is still predicated on belief and and what i think like absolutely when you think of like right wing circles like it's entirely about belief and projection of a particular type Hmm. but even in even if you take something like that out of the equation what when i'm thinking of community long many of christian denominations what they the center of the ritual is a recitation of a belief. And I attended an Episcopal church for a while, which is very stereotypical of a deconstructing evangelical or whatever. Mm-hmm. I totally, you know. Got to find um, the grounding in that liturgy, baby. <laughs> yeah. And it was valuable. And there were times when saying the words, even when I didn't. Saying the words meant less and then the sacrament meant more or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But even the thing that I'm thinking about over, over a long span of time now is what happens when those beliefs continue to evolve. And Mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you envision a community that values someone's spiritual autonomy? And much of what you speak to is like reclaiming your sense of authority within yourself, Mm -hmm. recognizing divinity in yourself and not letting that squash someone, yuck someone else's yum. And I don't really, I don't, it's an open-ended question to me. Yeah. And I'm curious what you think, because so much of the types of things that that, regardless of whether you're agnostic or atheist or a progressive Christian now, mm-hmm. a many we lobby these same criticisms over and over again of mm-hmm. more fundamentalist branches of Christianity are stuck in their cul-de-sacs of mm-hmm. arguing over whether homosexuality is a sin. Like, good God. I know, just yeah.
1: Boring, boring conversation, not interested.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what do you... So that's just one example. But what does a community look like that help, that honors that still cultivates something? Mm-hmm. Does it resemble something like a church or is it something just much more local and much more just very specific?
1: <laughs> yeah, it can look like a few different things. It can look like a local church and the things that y'all do within those denominations. It can. That's, there's a possibility for real good. Mm -hmm. to happen in those spaces, like I've seen it and I'm not going to knock it. And also there's those of us who just, I can't remember where this started with me, but I realized I was watching Lord of the Rings, director's cut back to back, of course, all the way through Mm -hmm. the last scene where Frodo's getting on the boat and he's Sam and he says, we saved the Shire, but it wasn't saved for me. And that's Mm -hmm. what it feels like for me. It's I've done the work. I've helped save the church for those who need, there's a way to stay a part of it if you want it. And then it's been not for me. Because it was the same thing with me. It's just like the sacraments are meaningless. Not meaningless, but meaningless to me. Like they're coming on to sing and lead worship on Sundays is no longer joyful at all. It is a tax. It is an emotional and physical tax. So I've just been dreaming up what it could look like for me, what would feel good. And so my personal idea modeling off of, (laughs) <laughs> I'm modeling it off of what Octavia Butler did in Parable of the Sower and Parable of oh, the Talents with Earth yes. Seed. Hell yes. And where it's just like, okay, God is come. change. God is change. And just, I love the structure of it. It was just like, we come, mm-hmm. we gather together, we meditate on something. Somebody teaches something and then everybody questions the teacher. Mm-hmm. And then we share a meal. I'm like, yeah. ah. That's also basically what the Baha'i tradition does as well. I'm like, cool, let's try that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, rather than doing it weekly, at least for me, I'm like, let's do it on the new and the full moon. That way, like, it's not every single time, but it is regular enough. And also, it's just, like, oh my God, it's like the witches have been doing this before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's where it started. On the new moon, this past w- weekend, I hosted a meditation circle did it at a local church too cuz I'm just like I need a space that's not like my living room cuz I don't want to hope I don't want people in my house. Yeah. But maybe that's where it starts for some right. people it's just and you know what maybe that's what I need to do is invite people into my home. It's just I'd rather be outside so when it's warm I can definitely do it here. But um that for me feels like a good place to start. And so what I do And what I center my personal work around is, you know me, I'm teaching the, like, what is a spiritual practice for those of us who have walked away from the church? What is a relationship with the Christ for those of us who don't believe in a virgin birth or a resurrection? And what can we do to connect with? Because here's the other thing is that I'm recognizing some of us, I'll put myself in there. What I was missing when I was pulling apart my faith and intellectualizing a lot of what I went through, which is necessary and natural Mm -hmm. and good, is that I was no longer able to just accept the grace of the present moment. Like I wasn't, I was so worried and fearful of being manipulated again. That I could not appreciate the beauty in something that was just evidently so beautiful because of all the stories I was telling it. So, like, this is me saying, Yeah, we've got a lot of trauma that we have to deal with in order for us to get there. And it starts with very small things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for me, what I, when I teach other people, is I advocate for personal spiritual practice because if you really want to get, the most out of a collective community experience, if you want to get the most out of your friends, get the most out of your friends, get the most out of your relationships or just like experience the highest possible levels of joy mm-hmm. and pleasure within relationship, you need to be experiencing the height of pleasure and joy within the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. Like you need to basically, if you are at your best or if you're keeping yourself at the center of your peace and you surround yourself with other people who are interested in doing the same thing, guess what happens? Great great shit. Mm-hmm. Good things can possibly
0: happen. And we all, we know this to be true. Yeah. Tease that out a little bit for me, if you could, especially with keeping in mind, like when you are either cultivating your own sort of new spiritual practice, are you just, do you tend to draw from whatever is that gives you that affirmation or that that sort of security? And while you tease that out, I mm-hmm. loop back, please, to talk about that—the importance of self. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that—that that in most versions of Christianity that have been influenced by some sort of fundamentalism—you've mm-hmm. got John three thirty, Christ must increase and I must decrease—sticking kicking around somewhere—and like that idea of of mm-hmm. valuing yourself, like that's been a, to be vulnerable for a minute. That's been pleased too. A lot of my work over the last year is recognizing how hard I have to work to get to the point of self-acceptance. And that is a burden for a lot of folks. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn there. So yeah, what does that look like at those spiritual practices and either what you do or what you talk with people uh, or coach people on and especially that sort of self-care element Mm -hmm. of things? Yeah,
1: I think it's, oh, I don't know if you can hear my stomach, but she is talking i think when i th- when i'm talking about spiritual practices and i'm talking about it's one of those things where it's, it's actually from where i'm sitting like when i was growing up it was the same thing god i must decrease i must lose myself within the community i must lose my identity and place it in something higher or better than me so the shift in my mindset had to become less about what do i know to be true because like Now that I'm at this point, it's a moving target because it's just like true metaphysically, spiritually, in this moment, scientifically, empirically, what do you want? What I focus on now within my own practice is the question, what is helpful? Is this belief, is this idea helpful for me? And by helpful, I mean, does it move me closer to a sense of peace and well-being? That's it. Mm -hmm. Something, of course, in Miracles says and something that I would also say and advocate for is that the whole point of having a spiritual practice is for the attainment of inner peace. And when you have that peace, again, this is what I teach and this is what I personally believe, When is when you have peace, you pretty much have access to everything that you could possibly need in any given moment. Not <clears throat> long-term, for every moment, but in this moment, you will have what you need. And that's actually the only moment you should ever be trying to deal with. And so, from where I'm sitting... A personal practice looks like meditation, stillness of some kind, and movement of some kind. And that can be anything from walking in nature. There's like a zillion different things you could do. It could be yoga. For me, it's yoga and weightlifting right now. I'm trying to be the buffest yogi ever. Sexy yoga teacher. Just kidding. No, I don't want to teach yoga anymore. I thought I did, but I'm not going to. Um, the other part of it, I think, is rather than reading your Bible, you need to find some texts that inspire you. Mm-hmm. whether it's like Octavia Butler or it's like poetry by Mary Oliver or whether it's reading Kierkegaard or whether it's reading Jung and getting into your shadow work you are like reading things that inspire you and move you closer mm-hmm. that includes audiobooks too cuz I'm an audiobook girl so reading the things that inspire you and then like for me it's like i gathering regularly with people who make you come alive that feel like home And Mm -hmm. so whether or not that's specifically like we're going to get together and meditate and meditate on the mysteries of the universe or going to karaoke on Wednesday nights at Mary's, which is like Mm -hmm. the thing that I do, that for me is a embodied spiritual practice. Yeah. And I know that for me, it's that serious and that good because of the pleasure that it gives me. That's why I'm devoted to going on Wednesdays. So I don't know. I think that's, that's where it starts for me. It's like I need to get into a daily practice. And so for me, like, what do I meditate on? I'm like, that's when we get into the work. I'm like, I've got ideas. I think there's pl- and And the thing is, I'm not saying that I have all the answers. I just say, I'm just somebody who has been thinking about this shit for a while. And I'm like, I have some ideas about, I don't know, virtues that I center my life around. I just use the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity. Literally have it generous. on a post-it notes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, desk, those are my you know?
1: virtues that I work with, that I'm striving to cultivate in my life. Yeah. And I see these things as not things that I just, I got to work on being more loving. It's no, love is a fruit. Therefore, it is a consequence. It's a consequence. Like It's the effect of a cause. What's the cause? What do I do with my everyday life? What do mm. I think about every single moment? How am I conducting myself? Does this move me closer to love or further away from it?
0: Okay. Yeah. It's such a interesting it's such an interesting sort of inversion of, of some of the broader sort of messages that that we get from either mass media or whatever. There's it seems like, especially within the pandemic when we all were living on our phones even more than we already the mm-hmm. height of the pandemic would right. is what I mean. There's people realized that even though pe- the culture war or generational drama that people kick up like that you have to find some sense of self in order to be mm-hmm. a good person yeah and and be valuable to yourself and to to others and you have to cultivate that yeah. individually and that's that's the work that's the work. And that's, like, I
1: think, as weird as it's, maybe not as weird, but just if you, if one can come into a really good relationship with themselves, aka if you can come into a good relationship with you, mm-hmm. and you, capital Y-O-U, when I'm saying that, I'm talking about the part of every single person that I believe to be divinity itself, to be God itself, to be a divine intelligence, to be breath, to be the thing that's keeping it all going, the part of you that is connected to source that is source itself who's always just in the center that is peace that you if you can get into right relationship with you
0: and like how can i live
1: more or move for more from that place of peace than i am now
0: way to redeem the phrase relationship
1: (laughs) oh my god that's the thing it's just like you want to get into a right relationship with god that means to get into a right relationship with yourself are you talking shit to yourself all the time Are you Mm -hmm. denying yourself the things that you need? You know your body needs. Mm -hmm. Are you telling yourself that you're okay when you're not? Are you telling yourself you're happy when you're sad? That you're that you're not furious. Right. It's all. That's the thing. Is that the work that we're doing here is yes. We want to feel better, but not in a way that spiritually bypasses our suffering. What the what a spiritual practice really does when it's really working is giving you the space to deal with your suffering finally and care enough about how you feel to end your suffering or at mm-hmm. least begin the process of ending the part that's in here. So much of the, so much of our suffering, especially as ex-evangelicals, people who leave the church, whatever label you want to put on it, is we are still stuck and obsessed with what happened. And that's fine. The thing is we are allowed to be as angry as we are and we should be And the question I have is, do you want to feel better? And Mm -hmm. that is what so many of us don't know what to do. That's the thing. Yeah. And and I don't want us to be stuck anymore.
0: Right. And I think that's what my heart is crying for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where some, that's where it feels, and that just in observing, and observing things within my, within myself and other folks that, I know have participated in these sort of public conversations, seeing them move on. And I think it's has good. Like I, I see at least within the public sphere, like the way where I orient my work is for folks that are initially starting and want to see some outcomes. Mm-hmm. They want to see, here's some examples of people who've gone through something similar and here's some options. And then to me, I've made it a long term thing because I can say I, I'm interested in why people change their minds. And changing your minds is a big fucking deal. Like it's not it has mm-hmm. a big impact on your life. It's not just like changing it. This has ripple effects when you mm-hmm. decide to leave a church or change your belief about something significant. You are truly entering a different lifestyle. Yeah. And there's very good representation mm-hmm. of that initial process. Yes. There's very there's going. very good community around, community in a loose sense of the word. Sure. Those things are, and those things are important. I especially believe that they have a really good, very important role in public discussion because it offers what sociologically is called counter-public, especially to evangelical talking points Mm -hmm. and things like that. But then as you mature or as time passes, As you heal more. Yeah, as you heal, you don't necessarily need that anymore mm-hmm. and i think the interesting space that those of us who continue to work in this area in whatever capacity is that 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 some of the nature of our work or interests are changing and at the same mm-hmm. time these things that are that we can recognize are falling away i'm falling into this religious sure. sure, sure. these things that are falling away they're gonna they're not gonna It's not going to be an imminent, sudden collapse. Right. Um, Like, there was a period in 2020, 2021, when I thought there might be something like that. But I realized that that was a bit too optimistic. Like, Mm -hmm. the hegemony of these things, these empires are not going to collapse. They're going to crump takes place over a long ass time.
1: It's like crumbling means it's decaying, which means yes. that it died and then it's still standing.
0: Right. And that's the other that's the other piece of all of this that I'm curious about your thoughts on is that like a lot of these institutions They still remain, even though the execution of their own visions might not be ideal, or like some of the ones that we would consider ourselves in opposition to, like well-funded evangelical groups, whether it's a Mm -hmm. church or a legal group or whatever. Right. They maintain a lot of influence, and they've got a lot of capital, and the people that are working in opposition don't have access to that same thing, and- That's the hard, to me, that's the harder, that's Mm -hmm. the one of the next steps and some of the harder work. So, like, Mm -hmm. how do we, what are your thoughts about, like, about those elements of things? Because that's where Mm -hmm. I just, like, I'm trying, I'm even mentally, I'm trying to (laughs) to figure Mm -hmm. things out. But sometimes you just need cash, like, to give someone stability to pursue Mm -hmm. something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I... This is going to sound maybe a little bit weird. In some ways, we're always going to have to keep eyes up watching what's going on politically, right? That's just mm. a necessary thing. And I have just kind of, this has saved me and my peace so much and this is like maybe just like the nature of where I am cuz you're someone who's at the very top of like the evangelical river, if you will. they're like coming out of this stream, they're just getting into you, and I'm like downstream somewhere in a weird (laughs) marsh that they might find themselves in later after they're okay with being in a marsh. I don't pay attention to the people who like cause me stress anymore. Like when I look like the big evangelical names, the influencers, like all the stuff that Tim Whitaker and like New Evangelicals does, that's the only reason I know what's going on in that world and that's like the one thing I allow myself to see Mm -hmm. and then that and then whatever like hits national headlines. But by and large, I think in some ways it's like this is where I think imagination work comes in. This is where I think, at least from where I'm sitting, where my work is, in the midst of all this, how are we going to find peace? How are we going to feel peace in our bodies before we get what we need on a political basis? Before Mm -hmm. we get the reparations before churches get taxed before justice is had what what will we do in the meantime to maintain our sense of peace and then also how are we going to tap into joy in the meantime because like the questions you presented i have no answers to none oh i don't either they're yeah. just
0: they're hanging out there like, yeah like and, what and it's the also hell one of those things do?
1: where like, if i don't have an answer i'm going to be quiet and i'm going to wait for it if the question from where i'm sitting what i believe is that every, everything has a solution. And, and like, even the answer is, like even as you're answering this, like tax the rich, redistribute the funds, put it in the places that it needs to be. We know the answer. And yeah. We feel powerless because we have no power to enact it. And then it's like, off. Oh. So what will I do in the meantime to maybe, I don't know, move the dial a little bit in my own life with people around me? Mm-hmm. There, it's rather than, I can't focus on this giant macro problem because it feels insurmountable, but I can focus on, if I can focus on nothing else, I want to return to peace so that I can find the solution to whatever it is I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I can stay in peace. These things can be held in tandem. And that's the thing. Is like, we think that if we allow ourselves a little bit of good feeling, something bad is going to happen. <laughs> we, th- we think if we let ourselves feel good, yeah. that means we don't care about the suffering in the world. If we let ourselves, the, what we think, the luxury of rest, which is not a luxury, it is your birthright. Read Trisha Hershey's Restless resistance. resistance.
0: Do it. Yeah, it's great.
1: But that's the thing. Just like you don't think we must feel good on our way to the promised land, if you will. We must feel good on our way to liberation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise we're not going to know how to feel good when we get there. And the thing is, you can, that's for me, from where I'm sitting, what I want so many people to understand is that you can feel so, so with very small changes in your life. And by that I mean you giving your attention to something as little as your breath for as little as a minute. There are small changes in your life that will connect you to the peace that lives within you. And when you have that, Everything else is going to start becoming clearer. And I think that's, I'm always going to hang my hat on that. And yeah. I, yeah. That, and that for me is like the thing I feel most passionate about in this moment and why I keep circling back to it is like that. Yeah. I yeah. think that there's a lot of solutions waiting for us on the inside of peace within ourselves.
0: Right, yeah. There, have you read the Monk and Robot books by chance? Do you know mm-hmm. those? There's so I'm. You mentioned Earthseed, and I'm doing a series for my newsletter called "The Comfort of Fictional Religions." And it's just basically exploring the different spiritual practices that different fiction writers have worked up. So mm-hmm. I haven't done Earthseed yet, but there's two very short books by Becky Chem becky chambers their novellas one one is called a psalm for the wild built and yet the the second one is a prayer for the crown shy and the main character is this character sibling dex and they are a tea monk and they go around and serve tea and it's a therapeutic thing where they just it's a post-capitalist society and they just go and listen to people and make tea for them and give them and in this world there's a It's a... There's a mythology of six gods. There are parent gods and child gods. And they're a monk that serves the god of small comforts. And one of their, like, adages is, find the strength to pursue both. Because, like, you need those moments of peace and you need to pursue, like, the big metaphorical, mythological thing. It's both. And, uh, like... I both books are very cozy. They're just like a hug for your soul. <laughs> I'm about um, to get into this. This sounds so good. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because it's because eventually it just be. There's a whole element of there's a whole like sci-fi element, but it's just a lovely meditative books. And anyways, to find the strength to pursue both is it's evocative of what you're saying. Like you have to make that space, and then you have to do whatever is within your capabilities in a given time yeah i think you're right i think that's where my level of frustration is that it does certainly feel like we so many of us know what it would take to make a more just broader society and we just the powers that be the powers and principalities of this world just are not not going to give it up and i don't know i part of me wants to continue to tackle that question as some of, like, my broader work. But you can't do it without having some small comforts along the way, no? And
1: that's the thing, is, like, I, you know, Buddha was talking about the middle way. You know, the aesthetics, they get it in one way, and those with great luxuries get it in the other way. Both are missing something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that for most of us, We live in this middle space of just we're just trying to find some comfort along the Mm -hmm. way and like we feel i think that's also something we feel bad about wanting to be comforted we feel bad about thinking that we desire to feel good like it's so contrary to what we were taught growing up there's like the western mindset is you are an evil entity the seed the core of who you are is bad and so therefore you must cover yourself in virtue Mm -hmm. you must cover yourself in good works you got to be a good christian And that's going to keep your evil from leaking out onto this world, which is also damned, by the way. But you don't want to make it worse. So you're just the entire time you're just trying to not make it worse. Right. Versus a more Eastern mindset, which is who you are at your very core is God, is Mm. the creative force itself, is a deposit of Brahman or of divine source. And I think that really, truly changing that in the mind. I think a lot of us under like we say that, oh, yeah, I know that I'm good to my core. I'm just like. But do you know? Have you experienced the goodness of who you are, truly? Then mm-hmm. why are you still treating yourself like shit? Then yeah, it's fine. You just—it's just something to note. But I think a lot of us like think we're more fine than we are. We're just like, I'm just like you don't. I don't want you to be fine. I want you to be fucking excited to be here. I want you to like, and that's really, I think like. What I want more people to experience is this is the other half of what I note when I talk to people. Community is one thing they miss, but the other part of it is actual spirituality, connecting with whatever God I connected with when I was still in those worship services. I want that feeling back. I want that feeling of just being in the flow of the energy of the universe, which is what I think I was experiencing personally. And how do I do it in a way that does not actually harm anybody? And there Mm -hmm. are ways, that's the thing, it's just like we do not have to go to places that are below our worth or who are hurting our friends in order to experience. That's the lie they told us. Think that we can only experience those big feelings, those wonderful emotions when I'm getting myself hyped up on pop music at a concert and by that a worship service on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm just, and it's like the reality is you could feel that way more often, if not more than you ever did before. When you're not thinking that you have to find it in a single place, mm-hmm. knowing that source was actually within you the whole time and it was actually you doing it. That's the thing is that like the source, that like the piece that you're looking for, it's closest, closer than your breath, bitch. I don't know why am I so heavy? On, I'm like, and then what's really funny, I think for me is like, I never wanted to tell people about baptizing themselves and giving their life to Jesus because it was so fucking lame. Oh, yeah, I can't drink anymore. And, you know, you can't smoke anymore. No, can't have sex with your girlfriend anymore. We have youth group. And we, like, go to Chick-fil-A on Wednesday mornings before school. <laughs> fucking lame as shit. But now, on this side of it, like, I can't help but fucking talk about it. I feel like mm. I'm a, like, and not because I want pe- I want people to think I'm right, but because... I know that my joy is increased when other people experience the same thing. And so for me, it's almost like a completely selfish thing. Like I teach what I want to learn and I want to learn more about this. And I think that like from where I, the thing that gets me excited is that I think that if more people just tried this little meditative practice idea, just a little bit, there could be, there could be much delicious healing taking place. And I don't mean healing like, oh, I'm going to be restored in Jesus and I'm going to feel so I'm talking about people who are actually just feeling better on the day-to-day who are better able to handle the shit that gets thrown at them. And then once they can handle the shit, they compost it and they can make it into fertilizer for a life they actually want. That's not dripping in shame. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fuck love and light, honestly. I'm talking about love and pain and how do you carry both
0: yeah that's what i'm interested in yeah because you because healing is not it's not glamorous it's not a it's not a it's not a miracle healing no it's
1: not magic it's math Mm -hmm. it's the thing is is i'm not surprised that i feel so good these days i take my meds regularly i keep my practices And I have a really delicious and amazing support group of friends around me. It is no secret why I'm doing so good. Like, I'm not (laughs) unaware of how I'm doing so good. And also, privilege. Put all those things on top of it. Blah, blah, blah. But also, there are people who have the same level of privilege as me who are fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. And there are also people who are a lot worse off financially than me who are also miserable. And there are also people who are, like, poorer than me who are... Fucking doing way better happily than me. Mm -hmm. And what it is, what I think that points out to me is like, there is something that you can do in any position that you find yourself in life. Something you can do right now to move yourself closer back to that center of peace. And not doing it because it's, it's a good thing to do, but doing it just because you want to feel better. Mm-hmm. and that to me is I want to boil all like all faith religion down to that one thing do you want to feel better because if so there are some things you can do that's it start there and then figure out the rest of it later so
0: trying to distill that just a little bit do you think yeah please <laughs> sorry I no know that that's I, wonderful I am very... like a giant soup and throwing a lot of shit in it. no but it's great I what I'm curious about is like All these elements of sort of individual spiritual practice and the cultivation of these things. And I think cultivation is a great word just because it does evoke that you're tending to something. You're tending to your own growth. Even even more so,
1: you're tending, as Mary Oliver put it, to the soft animal of your body.
0: With that approach to spirituality, is there a distinction between that and religion. Uh, I guess that's the those two things are sometimes lumped together as these like even where you find this podcast it's in the religion and spirituality section. Right. So one of the so it's always I'm not sure whether it's a false dichotomy.
1: If I'm thinking of it in the classical sense, I think if someone has a re, it's like cult plus time equals religion, right? Right. So it's like in some ways yeah, I'm drawing on these I'm drawing heavily on what I know within Christian practice. I'm having, drawing heavily upon what I know on meditation from both a yogic perspective and like some tantric perspectives. I'm drawing on Jungian psychology. Like, I'm, it's, I think the content is the same at its highest point. Mm-hmm. Everyone's trying to escape suffering. That's like the point of everybody's system, right? whether in this life or in the life to come. So my content for what I'm teaching and what I do and what I believe too, same as them at its highest level, the form is just different. Right. And so it's just like, in that sense, sure, it's, it's another kind of religion, but the religion I practice doesn't, allows for change, mm-hmm. allows for no creeds that you need accept and no creeds that are like cut into stone, if you will yeah it's so it's called whatever you will i don't think again I, for me it doesn't matter and that's another thing yeah. too just like it, it the question is like is that what's the difference between that and religion i'm just like don't care
0: and i think that's a fair answer there's a the book that brought that as <laughs> to my attention was the book how to do nothing i don't know if you've read that one yes um, it's, oh that's great and the way they answer i forget it's a melville character i can't remember which one i would prefer not to is the answer okay. just like uh just a refusal. And I think that's, I think that's valid. And I think that
1: because a lot of people want us to intellectual, like both on, I remember before, like when I was first pulling apart my faith and coming out as a queer Christian, specifically Christian, I really needed to understand intellectually why I believed what I did. And I needed to understand how I could still, because the Bible to me was still the word of God, TM, and therefore it had to all square up. The math needed to math for me. Mm-hmm. But then once you like learn how to study the Bible and you learn how to actually pull things apart, like eventually just things just don't add up. And so when people like look at Christians, like especially look at the Diana Butler Basses of the world. Like she knows the Bible. She knows all the like the contradictions. She knows all those things. And at the same time, she doesn't stand there and try to prove herself to anybody or she's like, no, she's like, this is just, this is what's giving it to me. This is what's giving me life. Mm-hmm. This person of Jesus for some fucking reason. And that's her experience. It's the same thing with, like, me and Jesus. It's, like, I can't explain to you that I have a relationship with someone who died 2,000 years ago or that a meso- I feel a metaphysical presence in my life. And I mm-hmm. think that it's this person that I grew up to know as Jesus. Like... I could, it might be true, it might be false. I could be making it up. I don't care. And that's the thing is like, because at the, at the end of the day, what my practice gives me, peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that. at the end of the day, it's just what it, Jesus said, you're going to know by a fruit its tree. The tree that I've got, that I've been working on, excellent fruit. Harvest on time, every time when I'm <laughs> doing my cultivating. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, stop. I don't want to defend myself to anybody anymore. It's exhausting. I'd rather enjoy my life. Right.
0: I appreciate all your time in addressing these things. It's so fascinating to me to explore these things of what what's what feeds us and then also just the other part of us that, that does need sociability and, like, mm-hmm. that element of things. And knowing and developing wisdom about, like, the groups that are that are good for us or the ones that we need to set boundaries with that's be- because of the way in which like identity you don't really have your own individuation from the mm-hmm. group and like in the spaces we came from it's a lot of trial and error to develop those things mm-hmm. and i appreciate your exploring these things with me just but in in every capacity The a pleasure